Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City, welcome into another edition of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It's a beautiful September 30th morning here in the city. Episode 92 is about to kick off. We are diving back in to the week four matchups and also recapping uh, another, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyways, another dud of a primetime game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we've also got an injury report and so much more on the show. Aaron, how goes it? It goes. Um, tough game last night. You know, we'll, we'll get into the, the two stuff and the kind of game it was. It was a little bit lackluster uh, for me as well, but um, Bengals got a, a big win. So we'll, we'll get to talk about that and kind of where that puts them going forward. Yeah, it was a, it was a, I feel like that's how it's been all season long. Let's just get right into it. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Miami Dolphins 27 15 last night. And it just seems like these primetime games are kind of falling short this season. Uh, I don't, I don't know if we've seen like a really a fantastic uh, Monday night football game this year, but either way, we had it. We're going to recap it. The Bengals did win at home or at home 27 uh, to 15. Let's start off with a big part of this. Uh, let's start off with a big part of this and, and not get this out of the way, but get into it off the jump. Tuatunga Miloa in the second quarter gets hit, goes down, nasty scene. Um, had to be stretchered off. He is in good health right now. He is in good conditions. He uh, was able to be released from the hospital and fly home with the team um, for further evaluations once they get back to Miami. Uh, it is a head injury, um, and it did not look good for the star quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Aaron, your thoughts on the injury and your thoughts overall on the situation as a whole? Um, yeah, first, it, 
just a tough scene, right? Um, when you saw him get thrown to the ground and back of his head obviously hit the ground and, and you, you could tell right away. And I, I don't know why this Russell Wilson thing is on my virtual background, but let me go to my Tua thing. Um, and, you know, obviously our prayers and thoughts are with, with Tua and his family, but you could tell right away that it was a head injury. You could see his hands were, it was one of the more um, difficult scenes to watch that I've seen in football in a long time. We talk about Ryan Shazier's neck injury, a couple of other neck injuries like that. Um, they have been tough to watch, but that was that was really hard to watch because you really didn't know the severity of, of what that head injury was going to lead to, especially by the way his hands looked up in the air and he was he was just stuck. And um, I, I know we, we, I know you're probably going to get to the point where you want to ask about the NFL and should he have been playing and maybe he was already concussed and shouldn't have been on the field. And I, I'm I'm very cautious to go that route because I don't know. Um, and, and I don't care if he, I'm, I'm not saying I don't care if he was concussed already, but even if he was not concussed already, that could have happened the way he was thrown down and the way he landed on his head, that guy like flung him down. That scene could have happened. Could it have been? That, that's a, that's a car accident. That's yeah. a car accident right there. Yeah. Like that's literally, and I, and it, I'm glad you, you brought up the fact that you didn't know you, you, you thought I was going to go that route of talking about the NFL. I, I was, I was actually wasn't, I am. I like, I understand people are emotional about this situation about Tua and they, they're, they're concerned about uh, player safety is it's a very important thing. And you don't want the NFL to, to just let guys off the hook when it comes to concussion protocol. If there is such protocol, but that's the thing. We don't know. We can only go by what the facts are that we are seeing that Tua after Sunday's game, nothing popped up for a concussion protocol. None, none of that popped up. And sure, there might be things wrong with the NFL and the concussion protocol and what the Miami Dolphins did. There might be. But we don't know that right now. We can only go off of what we do know. And what we do know is, like you just said, that type of play could have happened to anyone. I thought that play, like the the – way it all happened it was like a car crash like Tua's neck snapped back and then not only smashed off the back of the turf but or the turf but like the way it snapped back it really reminded me of just like the the motion of a car accident and you that could happen to any player whether it's Tom Brady fully healthier Tua Tungavaloa coming off of the game on Sunday like it could have happened to anybody and it's really unfortunate that this is happening to Tua Tungavaloa because you look back in his career when he was at Alabama, he suffered that really tough uh, hip injury and then the ankle injury. And he came back very soon from that as well and then ended up getting hurt in the following game. Um, now he does a similar situation where he gets hurt in Buffalo, gets hurt uh, and then gets hurt again in, here in Cincinnati. Um, but either way, I don't know if you can – I I am on com your side completely with this. Not sure of like what the NFL is doing and, and all that. That's yeah. Well, I, I think the, I think the thing to really kind of focus on is they pay doctors. Team doctors are paid to be the best doctors sometimes in the world. If there was no doctor within the organization that was saying, Hey, Tua should not play on Thursday. Then why is it that, Mike McDaniels, or why is it that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be ridiculed or uh, questioned about him playing? And maybe we can question the doctors, and maybe there is other outside factors and pressuring factors. But 
I would have expected this had this been another division game or a big game. But week four, I don't know that the Dolphins are saying, hey, we're 3-0, and uh, two is banged up. We're not sure. Let's rest him again. We have a veteran quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think, again, I don't think Mike McDaniels is going to put his quarterback in a situation if he had known there was something wrong with him. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't believe that. I'm not going to assume the worst about the guy. And for the NFLPA to come out and talk about legal action and they're going to take every, exhaust every legal action, I think that's a very fine line. And we need to be careful how, how quick we are to judge what the team was doing. Two was comfortable playing on the field. The coaches were comfortable having him on the field and no medical doctors came out saying they should, they recommend that he not play. So um, again, I'm not saying everything was done properly or that he should have been out there or he shouldn't have been out there. I think that's something that we need to wait and see what information comes out. But for us to just jump to the conclusion that somebody's in the wrong, I have a problem with that. Because if he escapes that game with no injury, nobody's going back now a week later and saying, oh, yeah, Tua shouldn't have played in that game. Like, then the, the conversations start to die down. But because he got hit, because he got thrown down awkwardly and he hit his, you know, he snapped his neck and hit his head like that, now we're going to start talking legal action. And I, I just think we have to pump the brakes before we know, uh, we have to know all the information before we start to to jump to these conclusions. And it was just a tough scene. It was a tough scene, and I don't care who it was, whether you're a fan of Tua or not a fan of Tua, um, you don't want to see an NFL player go through that. None of the teams, the, the Bengals fans didn't like it. Like, they were, you know, supporting Tua. Like, I think this is just one of those unfortunate circumstances. And, yeah, he's a warrior. He wants to be on the field. Should he have been out there? Let's let some things play out and decide after the fact. But just jump out and say we're pursuing legal action and he shouldn't have been out there. Uh, I think it's a bit premature. Yeah, it's a knee jerk reaction. It's a it's an instant reaction, an emotional reaction to seeing someone go down in the fashion that he did. Um, in terms of the game, uh, Teddy Bridgewater obviously came in relief for to a. But the Bengals were able to get the job done 27-15. What did you see from the Bengals and what did you like from the Bengals in this game that maybe thinks, okay, maybe the Bengals are back on track? Um, I mean, it was it was the offensive line play was a little bit better. Um, they didn't give up as you know the sacks that they'd be giving up. They still got some pressure at times, but for the most part, the, the offensive line held up, I thought, pretty well. Um, but there are still some concerns I have with the Bengals, and some people may not agree, but uh, their running game has not been there. They have been very inefficient, um, which again kind of directly points to the running or to the offensive line. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of, the, of their running game. I thought their defense played okay. Uh, they didn't give any opportunities in, in this game um, to show out, and I think that's uh, that's another thing. I think the the Dolphins ran a, a pretty slow offense at times. Um, but they did really well on third downs. Bengals held the Miami to two of 10 on third downs. Obviously they couldn't contain Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. Uh, but you know, you know, the turnover that helped. Um, I, 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 it was just lackluster on both sides for me. I thought Miami didn't play their best game and maybe that's attributed to coming off of a short week. Uh, Jamar Chase was really a no show for most of this game. Um, so they were the way Miami was playing is they were doubling Jamar and putting Xavier Howard one-on-one with T Higgins. T Higgins had a, a pretty decent day there, had the big touchdown. Uh, that was really kind of the difference in the game for, for the most part um, in that second half. So uh, I just thought it was two teams that didn't play at their best. Yeah. Um, but the home team found the way to win like they were supposed to. 
I do want to give credit. I've been talking the Bengals offensive line for the past three games and in the past three weeks and saying that they have very, they have underperformed to this point. I think this was the best game of the season for the offensive line. They had they pushed and they had their way against the Dolphins team that was bringing a lot of pass rush. We did bring up the fact that uh, Melvin Gordon or Melvin Ingram was going to be a difference maker in this game. He was kept quiet. No sacks on Joe Burrow. And that's a re- or was it two sacks on Joe Burrow? I think one, might have been one, two sack. Sacks. one, one sack. sack, but Joe Burrow did escape like three or four other sacks, like where it was like, oh, they got a Oh, wait, whoa. How do you get out of that? And that's Joe yeah. Burrow. That, that's what he can do. So, yeah. Um, so I, I, I wanted to give credit to to the uh, the Miami Dolphins on that fr- or not the Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals on that front for the offensive line uh, coming to life here in this game uh, to help really seal the deal for for uh, Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals. And you look at the stats when you say Joe Burrow, uh, when not throwing an interception or not being sacked as much, he's he's a, he's got a very good record when it comes to that. Um, and the Bengals now are. Two and what now? Two and two? Is that the record now? They're two and two. Okay. Yeah. Bengals are back in business. We're back in business. Bengals here. Maybe a maybe a late playoff push. Maybe a surprise. Maybe a they make the playoff. Push. It's only week four. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, but that does though for our Thursday night recap. Aaron, let's get in to our Friday injury report. That's right. So many injuries. It's Friday. It's going to be uh, a lot of announcements coming out today, but talk a little bit about what's been going on in practice this week, especially yesterday. Um, JJ Watt and AJ Green and James Conner and Rondell Moore, all for the Cardinals, um, either practicing in some limited capacity. Uh, AJ Green was the only one um, that was not present at all. And then JJ Watt was a non-participant, but he was out there. So uh, the Cardinals have a lot of injuries at some key positions that's going to uh, going to be an issue uh, in Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley actually came out and said um, there's a chance you could see him on the field on Sunday. It's been quite kind of hush hush, um, but they might get some help back on the offensive line. He's questionable for Sunday. Uh, I do expect him either back this week or next week, and that could be big for, for Baltimore's offensive line. Maybe get that running game going. Uh, the Bills have some injuries as well. Uh, Dane Jackson should return, which will help them significantly in the uh, secondary if you're not remembering who Dane Jackson is. He suffered that neck injury. That was pretty scary uh, a few weeks ago as well. Um, so there's a chance that he could be back on the field this Sunday. That would go a long way in, in helping the Buffalo Bills. Uh, David Montgomery is still not, not participating in practice. We know he has those ankle and knee issues. Um, that's going to be something to continue to watch. Khalil Herbert filled in for him, and he will continue to do so until you know, until uh, David Montgomery's back. Michael Gallup should full participant in practice, should play on Sunday. I know we thought he was going to play Monday night. He did not. Um, obviously, Dallas can use all the weapons they can they can get. So, um, Jair Alexander of the of the Packers, we know the big three injuries for them all offseason was Jair Alexander, Elgin, Elgin Jenkins, and David Bakhtiari. All three did, or two didn't practice, but um, there's a chance that they all could play on Sunday. So that's a good sign for the Green Bay Packers. Jacoby Myers remains limited in practice. He has missed the last couple of weeks. Um, New England could really use him back. And 
let's, let's talk Mac Jones. Mac Jones says there's a chance he could play on Sunday. Um, I don't think he's going to play. I think this is just Belichick pay, playing it close to the vest. He is doubtful. Um, I don't expect him to play. Expect to see Brian Hoyer or one of those. And then Jameis Winston is still not practicing with that back issue. Uh, and they're in London. That is something of a concern. You might might start to think Andy Dalton might get in the lineup sometime soon. So keep your eye on that. And then last but not least, Mika Fitzpatrick um, was a full participant at practice. So the concussion protocols, he has cleared or he hasn't cleared them yet, but he was a full participant. He should be able to clear them and possibly be ready to go by Sunday. So um, that could that'll go a long way in what Pittsburgh's trying to do defensively. Yep. Man, everyone's banged up. Everyone's banged up nowadays. I feel like everyone. This is this is the point of the season where everyone's really feeling it. Everyone's starting to get it. Everyone's I mean, I could have talked for another forty-five minutes if I had. To. I was about to say there. I met. That's what I'm saying. The list continues. The list goes on and on and on and on. It's t- it's uh, it's it's t- it's the time of the season where everyone's just banged up and battling through it and grinding through it. But Mac Jones though is really pushing through. Remember that Mac Jones out of everyone that's injured and all that kind of stuff. He's pushing. Okay. He's a warrior. He's true. That's, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Um, All right. Let's get in to our week four previews and let's start off down under. We go the Minnesota Vikings and the new Orleans saints. No one's traveling to any home uh, fields. It's all across the pond in London. For this, uh, I believe it's a 9.30 a.m. kickoff here between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is one team that has really, really uh, not lived up to expectations to start the season. And another team that, well, you might be able to say the same thing. And the Vikings offense not being uh, living up to expectations. And I know you have been known on this show to be like, hey, Where's this Kevin O'Connell offense? Where's it at? Where's this special new and improved Kevin O'Connell offense? We have not seen it that much, only in that Green Bay game. But uh, let's let's start off with the with the Saints here in this game, Aaron. Is this the is this the get right game for the for the New Orleans Saints? Do we start to see them get back on track in a game where it's against a very good a very good Vikings team? Maybe maybe being overseas will help them. I I don't know. What do you expect? to see from the Saints in this game? No, I don't think it's fair to say that this is a get right game or a get back game because we don't know. We haven't seen it yet. They actually haven't played a full four quarters of football that showed me that they can even put four quarters together. That's a get right game or a get back game. Jameis Winston's not practicing. Uh, Michael Thomas is banged up. The offense hasn't looked very good. Alvin Kamara still hasn't shown out really. and They haven't really found ways to get him the ball in creative creative ways and in space. So no, I don't think we can come on here and say, Oh yeah, this is the game where they get right against a Minnesota defense. that's given up some stuff against Detroit and given up some stuff against Philadelphia. Yeah. They have some opportunities, but I'm not confident in saying this is the Saints game to kind of break out. Uh, I dropped them significantly in my power rankings for a reason, because I haven't seen positive signs from them defensively. They're still a talented team. They still play really good defense, but you can't just rely on your defense. You have to be able to move the football and they haven't been able to do that consistently. So, no, I'm not ready to say this is a get-right game. I want to see Alvin Kamara actually do something. I want to see this offense move in a direction where they can they actually show me that they're able to, to do something. And you can't be a bottom-half uh, offense. You can't be averaging 17 points a game and then me come in here and be like, oh, yeah, this team's ready to go. This team's, this yeah. team's on the cusp of breaking out. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that – 
they're getting a lot of yards, but they're not doing anything with it. A lot of those yards are coming when they're falling behind. Um, Jameis Winston is turning the football over. And I think that's the biggest thing is when you turn the football over, when you have that, that negative turnover differential, which they, which is they're worse in the league, negative six in turnover differential. They only have three takeaways. They've given the ball away nine times. That is a recipe for disaster. Look at the teams that have a negative turnover differential. Uh, just the top, I'll give you the top, what, eight. Saints, Patriots, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Colts, Raiders. Are any of them winning? No. Like, none of them are, are winning teams or we're like, oh, yeah, those are the best teams. Like, you cannot turn the football over and then on the other end not create turnovers and expect to win football games. So, no, I'm not ready to, to call the Saints um, or have the Saints be this breakout candidate this week. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at, you look at what Jameis Winston has done in, in, in the past three games, other than outside of that fourth quarter against the Atlanta Falcons, he has not uh, been great and not been uh, really helping the saints offense uh, to, to victory. He has, he has, uh, he's, he's just not been good since that fourth quarter of the Atlanta Falcons game. Everything outside of that is just, it's not, it's, it's bad. 61% completion percentage, uh, two intercept or two touchdowns to five interceptions. Like it's just not good for Jameis Winston on the Vikings side. How do they get Justin Jefferson involved more? Or do they, do they have to scheme up something to get Justin Jefferson? Or is there, is there something that that's there? That's like, what what's wrong with them and Justin Jefferson? Because obviously he's, I thought he was going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL and it wasn't going to be that close. And uh, other than that first week, it's been quiet for Justin Jefferson. I don't, I don't think it has it. I don't think it's like, how do we get Justin Jefferson the ball? I think, I think that's fine. I think they're fine with, with finding ways to get him the ball. I think they'll be able to scheme that up, but you have to understand when you become one of the best players in football, you are going to be focused on by the defense. So the defenses are going to come in saying, what do we want to do to beat you? And that means, Hey, you know what? Maybe we're going to take away your best weapon. And maybe that best weapon is Justin Jefferson. So he has to find ways to not only get open, but Kevin O'Connell is going to have to find ways to create opportunities for him. And if he doesn't, if, if they are focusing on taking that away, then he's doing his job because that also means that Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne and Dalvin Cook should have more room to work with. And those guys have to do their jobs. So the defense can't say all we have to do is take away Justin Jefferson. So you don't think Devontae Adams gets doubled, but you know what happens when Devontae Adams gets doubled with, when he was with Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers would throw to Alan Lazard, and he would beat you and beat you, and you'd get so frustrated that you're getting beat by an Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Scanling. You say, you know what? No, forget it, man. Let's just put our best guy on Devontae Adams. Or, or when you are in one-on-one opportunities, Kirk Cousins has to find a way to get him the football and trust that. Um, there's always growing and, and lessons and – and I think that's where Justin Jefferson's at right now. They just have to find a way to to get him the ball in his in the most opportunistic ways. And sure, Justin Jefferson has had a couple of games where he hasn't done a whole lot, uh, but he still has almost 300 yards receiving through three weeks. He'll be fine. Uh, I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson <laughs> really at all. So um, I just think it's one of those things where good players have bad games like it, it does happen and we're so quick to react after three weeks but the targets are there he's had uh, aside from last week when he only had six targets he's had 10 plus targets the two other weeks the philadelphia game they just couldn't connect and then the detroit game um, they were taking like they detroit played him really well but other guys stepped up adam thielen had a good game and they were able to come back and win the game so i'm not concerned about justin jefferson he'll he'll be fine 
Trust in Justin Jefferson. Trust in the talent. Uh, who you got in this game? Wow. 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 Breaking news in perfect timing. Michael Thomas is not playing on Sunday. Um, Saints fans, where are you at? And also, also other breaking news. The Saints believe it's doubtful that Jameis Winston, who didn't practice today for a third straight day, will play Sunday, which makes it likely that that uh, Andy Dalton will start. Yeah, Saints fans, Saints fans, where you at? Michael Thomas, he's back, baby. He's back. He's back to 2019, baby. Already three weeks in. He's a, he's a five for 55 guy, touchdown dependent, out week four, and who knows? That toe injury might keep him out the rest of 2022. Who, who knows? This, um, this, makes me, this makes me happy for Alvin Kamara and fantasy. Uh, I, um, I, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what makes me happy. Being right? No, 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 no. I don't care about, I don't care about that. <laughs> um, you brought up Alvin Kamara and fantasy, and the Andy Dalton play is actually – that's what could help Alvin Kamara. Andy Dalton's a smart quarterback. Andy Dalton's a veteran. Again, not a world beater. I don't expect, but if you're going to have a backup quarterback and it's Andy Dalton, hey, you're, you're going to take it. So, um, mm, this is in London, huh? Yeah, London, I got to go with the Vikings. Uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota here. I will, I will take uh, Minnesota to win this game. Minnesota wins 24 to 21. Yeah, I, I, I have Minnesota here as well. I will go with uh, the Vikings 24. Or, yeah, Vikings 24, Saints 17. That's that's where I'll go with that one. Uh, do we have predictions from everybody else? Is that a thing? All right, that's we're just going to keep moving on. The next game on our list is the Cleveland Browns traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Cleveland Browns are at two and one leading the way with Jacoby Brissett and the Atlanta Falcons are one and two kind of surprising some teams to start off the, the season. What is it that Atlanta's doing? That's keeping them in games. That's looking so nice. Um, directly from the head coach, head coach has said it all off season, what the kind of team they want to be about competing and, uh, how they want to approach this season. And I think they know that they lack the talent compared to some of the other rosters in the NFL, um, but they're not running from that. They're not shying away from that. They understand where they're at. Um, and they've just said, you know what, we're just going to give everything. And I think the players have bought in and, and you're seeing some growth at some key positions. So uh, despite how bad I thought they might be or at certain positions or what they would, would do, I, I think they're just buying in. And I think that's, what's important. Um, when you have a team that doesn't match up on paper with the talent, I think that's the that's what you have to have. You have to have that extra Vinny factor, that that emotional, mental side of it. And I think that's where it's at. I think it's like Gotta playing a with a chip on your shoulder, and, and they're and they're okay understanding that they probably won't win win many football games, but they don't believe it. They're NFL players. They want to win every game, and they think they're getting paid just like everybody else. And they've gotten there because they're talented, and they think they can do it. Um, but from an organizational standpoint, I do think they knew this was a re like a rebuild kind of thing. And uh, but but they've been playing they've been playing well, uh, better than I thought they would have, uh, which has allowed them to be in, in in some football games. Yeah, I think that I think the Falcons right now have been surprising a lot of teams. Like you said, they they got they got the dog mentality. I think their head coach that's kind of what they 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 
they have instilled on them. And no matter what the talent is on this team, they're going to fight and they're going to battle. Um, might not always result in wins. It's that Houston Texans effect. It's, you're not going to, it's always, it's not always going to result in wins, but you're going to be able to battle and be in some games. Uh, they take on the Cleveland Browns though. Another team that we thought that, um, uh, they just need to hold on until Deshaun Watson comes back. But we talked highly about Jacoby Brissett being able to get the job done, not doing too much, but doing just exactly what the Cleveland Browns need to do in this game, uh, in games to win with, with now two wins, obviously it's really though been led by Nick Chubb and he is on a special pace. It's actually funny in this game. I don't know if I'd, I would have been able to predict this, but there's three players that are, that have over 300 rushing yards this season. There are two of them are in this game, Cordell Patterson and Nick Chubb. So uh, with the running backs, who do you think has the better game here, Chubb or Patterson? Oh, that's not fair. Come on, man. It's it's not even – it's not fair. It's not I, fair. I, I not think fair. it is fair. I think it is fair. Cordero it's not Patterson's fair. Having it's a not game. close. It's Nick Chubb. It's not even – it's not not even close. This guy's the best running back in football. Pure running back in football. I've said, I've said over the last couple of years I thought he was one of the best, uh, very up there top two – I, as a pure running back, and I, this is my favorite type of player. That's why I love, I will still die on the Zeke Hill. It's why I will, I love running backs that play the running back position like that. Um, Nick Chubb is at yards after contact, uh, ability to break tackles, still has the breakaway speed when he gets into the open field to gain big yardage, but to hand the ball off to somebody 25 times and know you're getting a hundred plus yards, going to find the end zone, red zone threat, um, not terrible as a pass catcher. He can catch out of the backfield. Uh, his versatility, his his vision, uh, I, 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 all the accolades you could give to a running back, he has everything, uh, and he's not bad at any of it. And that's what it, it makes him special. He's the best pure running back in football. Uh, Nick Chubb is the guy you have to go with there. Cordell Patterson's good. And he, the way he's resurrected his career is, is honestly something – Amazing. And you should give all the credit to that Atlanta coaching staff for being able to, to get that out of him because where were the other coaches that could like, that's what I want to know. Where were those other coaches in uh, where the Raiders and the Vikings and, and I don't know, did he play for new England for a minute? I, I don't know where he played at, but the, where were the other coaches when this guy was on the field and we knew he was a great kick returner. And all of a sudden, now he's some great offensive threat, but couldn't be used until he was 30 years old. So I don't, I don't quite get that. Don't understand that why it took so long in his career, but he's definitely resurrected uh, a, a career in Atlanta and shout out to Arthur Smith and that coaching staff. But the answer is Nick Chubb and it's clear. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, who you got in this game? Browns Falcons. I'm a, I, man, I'll be there on Sunday. First of all, there um, you go. I, I will be there. I'm, I'm going to go Cleveland. Um, I think they're just playing really well. Another good matchup for Jacoby Brissett here. Oh, man. I'm, I'm thinking about changing. I might go Atlanta. I think you going to this game and you being around Atlanta is kind of clouding your judgment here. Uh, I don't know. The numbers, said, the numbers say Cleveland's a one-point favorite. Atlanta's at yeah. home. They're coming off of a win. I'm going to take Atlanta. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Atlanta in this game. I think it's a little bit higher scoring than we think. And I think it's 27, 20, 27, 25. I do think Atlanta can win this game. 27, 25 Atlanta. 
I, I think that they can make this happen. I think Atlanta can win this game. I don't think that they are going to win this game. I think it comes down to, and I told myself at the beginning of the season, and I, actually after last season when I uh, sucked so much at my predictions last year, just to not outsmart the talent on the field. And I think that there's more talent on the Cleveland Browns side of the ball, and that will win that's over fair. over that's the Atlanta fair. Falcons. That's 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 where that's I'm at. Fair. I told myself I'm going to stick to that. Although I do like my emotions want to pick the Atlanta Falcons. My emotions well, want to I mean, pick them because I like teams that battle. I like and, yeah, and I, I, you're I, emotional. But, and that's but, that's what I'm saying. That, but I, I'm still I'm still picking Cleveland here. I'm going to go with Cleveland 28-24 Cleveland. But I do think that oh no, Joe, I don't know. Yeah, 28-24 Cleveland. Um, but again, I like you said, I'm emotional. I like teams that work hard, that battle back, but I also like teams that are just finding ways to be competitive. And like we talked about Kyle Pitts at the beginning of the season not doing that great. Weeks one through two, he was he did only had 38 yards, 19 yards back to back games. Since then, in just week three alone, uh since then he had five receptions, 87 yards in that game uh, last week. He's the, the, the Falcons are recognizing problems and trying to fix problems right away. Like some, some teams, you just, they just struggle all season long. The Falcons are recognizing getting better. That's what you want to see from the Falcons, but I still have the Browns winning this game. The next game on our list is the Washington Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz traveling to Dallas to take on Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are three-point favorites in this game, which is just great now to see Cooper Rush getting the respect that he deserves uh, with an over-under of 41.5 points here. I was kidding about the Cooper Rush respect, um, but... Either way, Cowboys favorite in this game. Uh, what are you watching for in this matchup between a surprising quarterback in Cooper Rush and a disappointing team in the Washington Commanders? Um, I, I'm not – I don't – Cooper Rush is going to be Cooper Rush. He's going to play like Cooper Rush. There's nothing spectacular about Cooper Rush. People need to stop. Uh, but he's not turning the football over, which is good. The, the real matchup comes here with, with that offensive line of the Washington Commanders versus the defensive line and the, and the pass rush of the Dallas Cowboys. Nine sacks they gave up to Philadelphia a week ago, and now you bring in the team that, le- that leads the league in sacks over the course first three weeks um, at home. It, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, like all these guys that are that are putting pressure on the quarterback – now gets to go get a quarterback that's been under under siege. So I think that's the matchup here. If Dallas defensive line comes out and continues to play, they win. They've been playing. Then the Washington Commanders will struggle offensively. They haven't been able to run the football very well the last couple of weeks. Um, they found ways to get in the end zone late in games and, and things like that. But actually, consistently running the football, it hasn't been there. Carson Wentz has played decent at times, but then you have times where he has those inopportune turnovers, like Carson Wentz does, and he hasn't been able to get them the big plays that they've needed. And the guys on the outside, the Terry McLaurin's, the Jahan Dotson, the Curtis Samuels, it's been very pedestrian thus far, as far as getting those guys involved, probably Curtis Samuel, the most um, explosive weapon they have that they've been able to get the ball to. They're going to have to find ways to get him the ball. I think the matchup between Diggs and, and McLaurin is interesting, but it hasn't worked out well for McLaurin in the past. Trayvon Diggs has owned Terry McLaurin. I believe last year it was like no catches, two interceptions, or something like just crazy numbers against Terry McLaurin. And I would anticipate that he follows him around and lets the rookie try to Jahan Dotson have to figure it out against double coverage and some zone stuff. And 
but I think Curtis Samuel is big. You have probably Jordan Lewis on Curtis Samuel in the slot. You'll put Curtis Samuel in the backfield um, and try to find ways to get him involved. But if Washington can't run the football, Carson Wentz is going to be under pressure and the Washington commanders are going to struggle. Yeah, that's your recipe for not having success. Uh, if you have Carson Wentz just having to run for his life and and be pressured that much. Uh, I do think, I think Jahan Dotson is the X factor in this game. It's going to come down to him making plays because like, like you said, the, doll, the, the Cowboys defense is going to be able to pick the ball off. They're going to have two interceptions this game. Uh, that's, that's what, I, that's what I'm going with. If, if whatever the interception total is, take the over uh, for Carson Wentz. I do think he turns the ball over a lot here. Um, but the Cowboys defense, this is like, this is the, the matchup that you don't want to see. If you're the, if you're the Washington commanders uh, last in the league and in, in sacks or they're allowing the most sacks in the league. Carson Wentz has been one of the most pressured quarterbacks. And you look on the Cowboys side of things. They're very, very good at the pass rush uh, with, with Dorrance Armstrong leading the way. That's, that's what I wanted to say. Dorrance Armstrong, baby. Keep an eye on him. Um, Dallas wins this game though. Uh, I, I, on the offensive side, I mean, it's Cooper Rush, it's CeeDee Lamb. It's it's pretty straightforward. We talked about it before with the way they're getting Tony Pollard and Zeke involved, balancing it out. It's looking good. I think the Cowboys win this game 31 to 20. Um, yeah, I think the running game is really good. Um, Washington is not going to be able to stop the run. I think Dallas wins this one kind of going away. Not a blowout, blowout, but I think they kind of go away with this one. I'm going to say Dallas wins 28-17. to 17. All right. The next game on our list is the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Lions have been another team that has been absolute dogs this season. Uh, they are one and two. The Seahawks are also one and two. The Lions are four point favorite in this game with a over under 48 points. Is that, is it high? Is that, is it high for this game? No, oh, it's the Detroit Seattle Lions and Seattle Seahawks. They have no right. defense. No, okay. That's fair. It's, I guess it's, that's, that's it, a good point. It's, it's, it's how, no different. It's no different than um, what last, last week's game when the Seattle played Atlanta, like 27, 23, it's high scoring. It's going to be, 50 plus points because neither team knows how to play defense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go that route. No Deandre Swift though, for the Detroit lions, Jamal Williams is leading the way. Do you see a difference? Do you, how big of a difference? What's the impact going to look like without Deandre Swift in this offense? Not much, not much. They do the same things. I'm not saying that offense is, is a, as explosive, but Jamal Williams is more than capable. I think we've seen that last week, a couple of touchdowns. He can carry the load. What they lose is a dynamic threat out of the backfield from the passing game. Um, Cause there's nobody really like Deandre Swift on that roster. That's out of the backfield can catch, but as far as running the football on their offensive line and, and being able to move the football, I think the bigger factor would be as if Amon Ross St. Brown can't play because of that ankle injury. I think that's going to be big if they lose him because then now you don't have either dynamic threat of DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown. But um, if it's just Swift, I think they'll be fine. I think that offense is so well put together when it comes to design and their scheme. What ben Johnson's doing there is, is nothing short of amazing, to be honest. Uh, one of the highest scoring offenses in football. And, I think that continues. I, I think I just like their pace. I like their aggressiveness and they go for it and they don't, they don't hold back and they just believe in what they do. So I think the offense will be fine. It's going to be about getting stops on Geno Smith, but Geno has been a different quarterback on the road than he's been at home. And I think that is the difference in this game. Yeah. 
Uh, it's what what kind of what have you seen from Gino on the road versus at home that that's making you say that he's been worse uh, on the road? Well, he's a typical backup quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, we it's it's the basketball mentality, and this is what I'll say when you when you're in basketball and we talk about role players, players that aren't the stars. We always talk about them. They shoot worse at at, at on the road than they do at home. They, they don't play as well. They turn the football over there. They make plays that they shouldn't make because they're trying to do something uh, extra. But at home, you got the crowd behind you. You're not getting booed. And, and again, it's not like he's played terrible. It's not like he's coming into these games and he's like, oh, this, I just suck. But you can't turn the football over. And then if you're not making the plays like you're making at home, throwing touchdowns and things of that nature, you find yourself losing the football game. So uh, he Gino is a role player. So at home, he's going to shoot the ball really well, make a couple of threes. On the road, he's going to struggle shooting the ball, and he's going to make a couple of turnovers. I think that's what you're going to see on Sunday. You're going to see Geno missing shots. You're going to see uh, opportunities that he's unable to make. And again, uh, on the road, it's a little bit tougher. Mm. Mm. What are you I think about? No, I'm just trying. I'm thinking of my prediction. Thinking of my prediction for this game to try and see if I want to go like. I don't think the Seahawks can do. I think I think this is the a game that the Lions win and go two and two. They're they're two and two on the season. I get give me the Lions here. Twenty seven, no twenty four, twenty Lions. I don't even know why you thought about it so long. 35-23. Okay, all right, Lions. All right, not seeing not seeing much of a difference here when uh, with a, a, a DeAndre Swift list offense for this for the lions next game on our list it's the chicago bears taking on the new york giants the giants two and one the bears are two and one what a world we are living in when these two teams meet in week four both at two and one aaron who which team is which team's record is not is more not what it seems ew this is absolutely the turd ball this is two teams that have no business being two and one, as you can tell by the over under. And Neither one team, and good. one team is going to be three and one after this. Yeah, it's um, they're they're both fools gold, not even gold. They're just fools. Um, I, I guess I could say I believe in the Giants more. They have more weapons, significant weapons on the offense. Saquon Barkley is a game changer. There's nobody on the Bears like Saquon Barkley. Um, but then again, Justin Fields is a game changer and there's nobody on the field for the Giants like Justin Fields, especially at the quarterback position. Although Daniel Jones looked it when he was running all over Dallas yesterday or the other day. But um, I, I'm waiting for the game for the Bears offense to look different, to throw the ball 30 times, to, to say, hey, we're going to try something. We're going to do something different. I, I don't know that that week is this week because the Giants could not stop the run against Dallas and here we are, Leonard Williams probably not playing again. And the Bears have a pretty successful running game. So I expect a lot of Khalil Herbert with Dave, if David Montgomery's out. But there's nothing that excites me about this football game. I'll be honest. You know, I mentioned I'm going to the Atlanta game on Sunday, and I'm going to watch some of the other games. And I probably will not see much of this game because number one, it won't be on the red zone channel because neither team will probably ever be in the red zone. <laughs> and number two, because I'm just not excited about this game. And now that I've traded Saquon Barkley in my fantasy league, I really could give two shits about what's going on. Um, I do have Justin Fields, but I don't think I'm starting him this week. Um, yeah. You know, two had died on me. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, I got to figure something out, but um, 
I, I got it, I got it, Trevor it, Lawrence for Christian McCaffrey coming up. Sending yeah, your way. Yeah, keep that up. Anyways, um, yeah, it's just a, this is just an interesting rough football game. I, I don't believe in the Bears. I think that I believe in the Giants a little bit more in this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Giants here as well. I had a choice in a Survivor League uh, that I, I, I was down to the Chargers against Houston and the Giants against the Bears. Like those are the two teams. Those are the two games that I was I was going to pick the Giants or the or the Chargers here. I'm that I'm that confident. I actually ended up going with the Chargers though because at the end of the day, talent and a little bit more. Like I expect the Chargers to bounce back, but. That's not to say that I don't think the Giants win this game because I do. I think they win this one in an ugly one. Let me go 21 to 18. 21 to 18 Giants. Ah, I see what you did there. You put the number right on the over-under. I, I like that. Oh, did uh, I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, Mr. Vegas. Um, I didn't even – I didn't even – Yeah, okay, okay. sure. <laughs> work, at, work at CBS for a month, and you're already over here trying to make the lines exactly like Vegas. I'm, I see. I'm kind of a big deal now. Yeah, kind of. Um. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Giants here, and I think the Giants win bigger than that. Um, I probably shouldn't have traded Saquon this week. I think he's gonna have a huge day against the Bears. I mean, they gave up thousand yards rushing to the Green Bay Packers, and then you'll get um, Bailey in your DM saying, "Thanks for Saquon." I I don't I don't care what Bailey has to say. Um, ba- Bailey's ir- Bailey's irrelevant to me when it comes to fantasy. I don't care that he won a, a free league. When we when we play when we make the sack city league for some money, then we can talk. Um, oh, don't give me that. Um, I will take the Giants twenty eight to ten. All right, there you have it. Now let's get into the game that matters the most here uh, this week, at least for me. We already did the Cowboys game. That's not true. Uh, that That's not the game I'm talking about. Uh, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Philly to take on the Philadelphia Eagles in a revenge game for Doug Peterson uh, coming back to Philly for the first time since being fired. Uh, won a Super Bowl in Philly, had a big impact there. But now he's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites in this game with an over under of 45 and a half points. I'm going to be honest here with you, Aaron. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hide from this. I am very excited for this game because this is going to be a, a really good test for the Jaguars to see if they are the real deal or not. Um, but this was the same way. And I was the same way in 2017 and I'm doing the same thing now. I am always every game, especially against a good team and the Philadelphia Eagles are a very good team. Uh, every game that they play a good team, I'm thinking, when is the shoe going to drop for the Jacksonville Jaguars? When are we going to see that game, that setback game, where we say, okay, let's pump the brakes on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's not get too crazy. They're still a young, growing team, and we have to remember that. Because like you said the other day, people are starting to put the Jaguars in the top 10 of power rankings. So, like, that's – Yeah, but those are idiots. Vinny, but, you can't, you can't, but, but, you can't no, buy into this stuff. I'm not – I'm not – if you listen to what I just said, I'm not buying into it. I'm saying I'm waiting for the shoe to drop because I don't think the Jaguars are a top 10 team. And I'm a Jaguar But that's fan. the wrong – that's the wrong idea too. Why – Why? And I, I'm going to do this. Why do we do this with football teams? Why does it have to be, oh, they win some games. They're the greatest team ever or or – they, they have a game where maybe they do get blown out by Philly and you're like, see, that's what I was waiting for. Like, why does there have to be such either such it, optimism 
or such pessimism, pessimistic I think, attitudes. I think I think you're looking at the extreme of it all. I'm if the Jaguars you are being extreme. This, no, 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 I'm not. If the Jaguars lose this game, I will not have a problem. If they get blown out in this game, I will also not have a problem. I am I am looking at this game as like I said, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. That's what that's I'm my point. To so that, that negative connotation of, oh, because it's always been a certain way. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That is an extreme reaction because of history of an organization. Why does it have to be that, though? Why can't because it just be? Why can't it just be through three weeks? Jacksonville has played pretty good football. And if week four, they don't play pretty good football, then so be it. Look for week five to see what they do. Why of course, I'm be... still going to do. I'm, of course, I'm still going to but do that. You, your words are a reaction to something that has just happened. And that reaction, if you're waiting for that shoe to drop, is a pessimistic attitude towards an organization that's had a bad history. Yeah. That is a fan mentality. Vinny. I am going to say this for the last time. You are now a member of the media. Prominent you member of the media. You don't get to do that. You are a member this. of the I, media. I, I you are not this. a fan that can do that. You have to take it as a if this was, holistic approach if and this just was, say. If ahead. this was any other team, I would be doing the same exact thing. Like the Giants. Like like, like the Giants being two and one. Like I'm the, eventually when they play a good team, I'm going to be like, okay, because – Say the Giants win this week and they go three and one, and I don't know who they play in the following week, but say they play. Not going to let they, you do that. Not going to let you do that. The, with the Giants, you don't think they were a good football team. You say, I, I expect them to what? Come back down to earth to beat whatever they are. That is not, you are, you're not doing that with Jacksonville. You're with Jacksonville, it's an emotional. Chemical response. I'm, no, I'm expecting. Let me finish because I'm let expecting me the Jaguars to come back down to earth, though. And but maybe Earth isn't as low as the Giants' Earth. That's but. my point. My point is, you're expecting the Jaguars come back down to earth because of the past, not because of right now. The the Giants, you're expecting come down to earth because of right now. That because that, it, isn't, that, that isn't totally true either. That, that is isn't absolutely totally true. true. That I is don't, absolutely true. Do who do you I believe think, in more, Daniel Jones or or Trevor Lawrence? I think that the def- the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars, although there's been a lot of playmakers and and them making big type big time plays with Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker, I think that defense still has some holes, at least in the secondary, that could allow them to get beat big time and get burned, especially in this game against two very good wide receivers and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. That's, that's what not I'm the looking point, for. Vinny. That is not the point. You're changing the point. That's not I'm my not point. My point is not Jacksonville can't get burned. Jacksonville can't get get beat big my point is the expectation of you saying i'm waiting for the shoe to drop i'm waiting for it to happen because it's always happened in the past that's the only reason why you cannot you even said yourself in 2017 you just never could buy it you were just waiting for it to drop and waiting for it to drop because you couldn't see jacksonville having a good team and the only reason you couldn't see it is because you were being emotional as a fan and you were so used to them disappointing. So you can't do that. This is not the Jaguars of 2021. It's not the Jaguars of 2017. It's the Jaguars of 2022. And whatever they do this year, whether that's 4-13 and 13 or 10-7, and 7, that's what you have to look at. You Blowouts are going to happen. The best teams have been blown out. 
if you react to that, if you, oh, there it is, the, the shoe dropped, I knew it, or even a couple in a row, that's when it, that emotion starts to come into play. Just take it for what it is. Enjoy the ride, Vincent. Oh, I'm going to enjoy the ride. We have a lot of Eagles fans in the office, and I'm very excited to roll up in there with my Josh Allen jersey. Win or lose, I'm going to be yelling, do With that being said. That's what I'm going to be yelling no matter what. Win or lose, Jaguars 16-1, and winning the Super Bowl. Oh Let's God. go, Jags. Let's die. Let's break this game down, though. Let's break this game oh, down, we, though. We didn't already do that. No, we didn't. And that's oh, what I was not shit. trying to get into. We need to talk about. Well, then you game shouldn't have brought up your. You should have no, brought up your emotions. You, you should just let me be emotional. That's no what you hell let me do. no. In this no, game, though, what are you looking for, Jacksonville? Let's start with the Eagles because we just talked a lot about the Jaguars. In this game for the Eagles, is this a a game where? Who who has the nope not you the don't right, even know not. what questions to ask look at I you. don't not for this you're game because you're not mess. for this game not for <laughs> you're this you're an game, emotional mess you are an emotional I'm a wreck mess when it comes to your don't, team I also don't have any notes for any of these games so like yeah but it hasn't stopped you until prepared. now it hasn't stopped you until now I've had great questions up until now <laughs> uh, and that's the ultimate sarcasm um, in this game though for the Eagles. Does this come down to how good the Eagles can rush or how good the Eagles can pass? That's that, that's not a great question. No, I'm just playing. None of my um, questions have been good today. No, your questions have been fine until it came to your emotional response, uh, Jaguars. Listen, uh, the Eagles offense is predicated on the running game. It, not about who gets involved or how many times they rush the ball, but when they are effective in the running game, they are an effective offense. And we've seen that over the course of the first three weeks. They're the most efficient offense in football because they have the most efficient running game. And whether that's Jalen Hurts getting out of the pocket, whether it's design run by Jalen Hurts, whether it's Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, doesn't matter. And then you add Devontae Smith and Devonta Smith and uh, A.J. Brown on the outside who can make big plays and create opportunities to get down the field. And then Dallas Goddard over the middle. No denying the weapons that the Philadelphia Eagles can have or have, but they have to run the football because it's really easy in the NFL when you're one dimensional and they haven't been subject to, Oh, we got AJ Brown. Let's just throw the ball all the way down the field. Let's, let's do that. They've consistently ran the football and they've done a good job at it. And it's created so many opportunities for the offense. One of the best offenses in football right now. Um, they knew, we knew the offensive line could be good. We knew that the, the Jalen Hurts question marks were about his accuracy and ability to get his guys the football. And when you run the football, play action, receivers are open. You don't have to be as accurate. You're not throwing in as tight as windows. And that's exactly what they've done. And it's it's done well for them. So Jacksonville has their hands full this week. That, that young defense, this is their real, to me, this is their real first big time test. And I'm not dismantling or discrediting the Chargers offense. But there's a difference when you have Austin Eckler and, and that offensive line that can't run the football and just Mike Williams. No Keaton yeah. Allen was out there. None of the AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. That offense this is, is different. The, on both sides of the ball, I think this is going to be a big test for the Jacksonville Jaguars that more so than what it was last week. Cause you mentioned the weapons, but look at the trenches between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the, and the Philadelphia Eagles offensive and defensive lines. The Eagles can get a lot of uh, some great pass rush. Jordan Davis is, is a very talented rookie in this league. He is effective. You got Brandon Graham there as well. Uh, I mean, this team is, is, is very good at, at rushing and getting to the quarterback. And you look up up front in the Jaguars, you have rookie Luke Forner at center, and then you have Ben Barch as your guard. Like it's going to come down to 
protecting Trevor Lawrence. And I want to see him make some plays with his legs. We talked about it in the offseason about how we want to see Trevor Lawrence do a little bit more uh, improvising and making more plays with his legs. He wasn't he's not a statue of a quarterback. He's he's a mobile guy. You're going to have you're going to be faced with a lot of adversity and a lot of pressure in this game from a good defensive line and a good pass rush from the Eagles. That's going to be huge. And then also the young talent that the Jaguars have on the defense getting through that great offensive line for the Eagles and getting to Jalen Hurts and making him have to move around like that's those are the keys for me like that I'm, I'm watching for so much in this game win or lose for either of these teams or win or lose for at least the Jaguars I'm not that's what I want to see and see where they're at in terms of of that because like you said this is a, a even bigger test um, than it was against the Chargers last week who do you have in this game uh, I have the Eagles in this one. I think they stay hot. Uh, I think their playmakers are a bit too much on the outside, and I will take uh, – but I don't think it's a super high-scoring game. I'm going to say 20, 26 to – no, 24 to 19. <clears throat> okay, 24-19 Eagles. I will say <clears> – <throat> Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Let's say I'll, I'll do. I'll I'll do. I'll go with twenty-eight, twenty-four Eagles. Twenty-eight, twenty-four Eagles. I think the Eagles are still are the better team. I told myself I'm not going to get emotional in my picks this year. Uh, as much as I want to say this is the revenge game for Doug Peterson, this is it. The Eagles win this game. Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Next game on our list is the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, This is a game where it's Kyler Murray against Baker Mayfield, two former Oklahoma quarterbacks, two former uh, first overall picks. The Cardinals will travel to the to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Carolina is a a minus one favorite in this game with an over under of 43 and a half. Two teams that have struggled out the gate. The Cardinals, uh, I'll say it's is it even struggles. Is it even struggles between these teams? You think they've struggled equally this to start of the season? No, I think the I think the Cardinals are a better football team, um, which makes Obviously, their struggle yeah. disappointing. Carolina just I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to say even struggles. I I don't even know how to quantify that. I don't, I don't know. I, it's not, a, I, it's not okay, something well, I can answer. Well, let's 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 get into the game though. Then, if 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 you can't if you can't quantify, qualify, whatever you want to say to that, um, the Cardinals come into this game. Uh, they <clears throat> to this offense has been not impressive. That's what it comes down to. This offense has not been that impressive. The defense has been so so. What do you want to see from Arizona in this game? What do they need to do to say okay? this Cardinals team is back or is playing to their potential. Yeah. I don't know that they can play to their potential right now without Deandre Hopkins. Their offense is different. Um, It seems to be broken. And I I said this before, like whatever Cliff Kingsbury's offensive teams, I think both teams offensive schemes are broken. I don't think they know what they want to do. There is no identity. I said this before when you have in the NFL with the saints, like, you have to have an identity. What's what's Arizona's identity? Are they a run first team? Are they a pass first team? Are they uh, a short over the middle team? Are they a deep ball team? Like I don't know what Arizona does well. I don't. It, like I knew when DeAndre Hopkins was on the field 
where they could go when they needed some some yards. They could go to D Hop. Right now, I'm like, eh, where do you go? Hollywood, James Conner. I, I don't know what this offense is, and and that's that's the thing is their identity seems to be broken. And when Cliff Kingsbury first came in, the the thing that he was supposed to bring was a spread it out five wide quick passing game and they still do some of that but it hasn't been effective it has not worked really since he's been in the nfl it hasn't worked the way that i thought that they wanted it to work up tempo and pressure 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 it hasn't been that so i think they need to run the football i think it needs to start you know me i'm a big i think every team should run the football i think it always starts with the running back when you had a good one and they got a good one in james connor they got um, guys behind them that can run the football, run the football first, set up play action and let Kyler be Kyler. And I think that's a recipe for success, but they won't do that because they want to be in shotgun. They want to spread it out. They want to run read option. They want to throw it reverse here and two yard route there. And I, it just doesn't do anything for me. So there's nothing special about it. Um, Arizona has no identity. And when you don't have an identity, you can't win football games. So that's my in-depth Aaron report on the Arizona Cardinals offense. Well, I, have I no think idea. I think that I think when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, the biggest thing here with them that I that and obviously it's 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 a sixty minute game, it's four quarters, it's this and that, but they have got to get off to a a better start. They're they're way too many times just having to climb back into games. Maybe not it's a big climb, but they have to battle back in the first quarter alone. The Cardinals are being outscored thirty one to nothing in just the first quarter. Like that, they're the only team in the NFL that has yet to score a first quarter uh, in the first quarter. Like nothing, not even a field goal. Get something and come out firing in these games. And I'm they like, can't because they don't know who they are. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm I'm saying what they need to do. Like obviously, finding their identity is a big thing, but they have to get off to a hotter start. Allowing the most points in the first quarter and not scoring any points in the first quarter is not a good way to win football games. If you're not starting off right, you're not going to end right. Um, and for the Panthers, it, again, it is. You're right. Finding an identity. Give give Christian McCaffrey the ball just. 50 times. Let, let's just do that. Let's, and DJ Moore, please, for fantasy purposes. Please. I mean, the Panthers won last week, right? They did. How many touches did Christian McCaffrey have? Uh, 25. He had 25 carries for 108 yards. I asked how many touches he had, Vincent. You're supposed I, to be my producer. I just have the stat here in my notes for that. Let me Okay. Look. He, I think he had a couple of catches. So maybe 25 to 30 touches, somewhere around there. And they won. It's all I'm going to say. I don't care what else happened in the game. Christian McCaffrey touched the ball 25 times. You won the game. I 27 times. What? 27 times in week three, they win the game. I know he didn't touch the ball 27. Identity. Know what you want to do on offense. Arizona, they can't score in the first quarter. You know why they go three and out, three and out, three and out? Because they come out and they drop back three times. And Kyler's inaccurate at that. those first three passes. Gives the team the other ball. Gives the team the ball. And, and the first quarter's over. They only get two or three possessions in the first quarter. If you know, it's the it's the lack of identity. They don't know what they want to do, and both teams struggle from it. But one team says one team has a win because of it, right? Because okay, we gave Christian McCaffrey the ball, we won the game. We play, we have a pretty good defense. Our defense is solid. We need to give this guy the ball, and I, I think that's the difference here. I think it's easily more findable for the Carolina Panthers than it is the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, what do you got in this game? 
Uh, I'm taking the Panthers. Um, I don't know why. Baker, we trust, I guess. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take the Panthers in this one, 23 to 20. I will. I'll take the Panthers here as well. Uh, man, I've been, that 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 contradicts everything I've been saying. The the ta- I guess the, I, I you think the talent is that far off in this game? I think the Panthers are more talented. You think, okay, so so I'm not crazy outside of the quarterback outside of the quarterback position. Where is Arizona more talented than Carolina? Well, no, I I, I was just saying that. Like, I'm just trying to think outside the quarterback. Where is Arizona more talented than? Name one position. Mm-hmm. There's your answer. Yeah, no, I I think that's 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 that's. I guess that's fair. Um, all right. So I will go with, I'll go with Carolina in this one as well. Uh, give me the Panthers 27 to 24, 27, 24. <laughs> give me the Carolina McCaffrey's for, uh, for 300 Bob. <laughs> the care. How many touches in this game for care for, uh, for Chris McCaffrey? It better be more than 20. That's all I know. If they want to win, I, if they get, if Chris McCaffrey gets more than 20 touches, Carolina wins. If he gets less, they'll lose. It's my take. Next game on the list is New England Patriots taking on the Green Bay Packers. The one and two Patriots traveling to Green Bay to take on the two and one Packers. The Packers open up this game as nine and a half point favorites. Over <laughs> under. That picture gives me something. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what feels like it's happening right now. That's that's what yeah. feels like it's happening right now with uh, with the Mac Jones injury uh, injury history uh, or injury news. But Green Bay comes into this game nine and a half point favorites, the over under of just forty and a half points in this game. Uh, two good defenses, one average offense, one good offense. Uh, how does how does how does New England pull off the upset here? Um. Hopefully, hopefully like that pregame, they're they're praying or something. Hopefully that's a prayer. Uh, I don't think they have much of a shot uh, in this game. Like uh, Brian Hoyer as starting a quarterback, uh, no weapons. Uh, Green Bay's good defense. Aaron Rodgers. I, I I don't. You're asking me questions I can't answer today, Vinny. I have an answer for everything. You know that I do. I always have something. Yes. Yes. The only way the New England Patriots win this game is if Aaron Rodgers is injured and oh, cannot Jesus Christ and cannot play. I'm I'm dead serious about this. I don't think there's a path to victory for the New England Patriots in this game. There is nothing about the Patriots that I'm excited about in this in this game on the road. Not they're starting quarterbacks out. No, no, no. I'm ready to pick. I'm ready to pick. There's not much analysis for this game. Brian Hoyer starting a quarterback. Tells me all I need to know. Now, so, if they put in Bailey Zappi, hey now, hey now, put in the Zapster, hey now. Brian Hoyer has the longest losing streak by a quarterback since 2000. He has he's got 11 straight losses spanning over four teams. The Bears, the Niners, the Colts, and now the Patriots. And it might jump up to 12. He might climb the list. Did you say um, might? You actually said might? No, I That's can't. That's funny. Say, I, I, can't dis- I can't disrespect the Packers like that, I guess. Um, maybe put in Bailey Zappi. Maybe we'll, we'll just see what he can do. Bring in the um, Zapster. Bring in the Zapster. Uh, I don't think it matters. Bailey Zappi, Brian Hoyer, Tom Brady. Bill Belichick at quarterback, whoever's at quarterback, it doesn't matter. The Packers win this game 35 to 17. 
Oh, you're giving them 17 points, huh? Uh, I say Packers win. 35-9. You can't do like, Why do you have to 30, change because I said something? 35-9. to nine. I just oh find it better to give them nine goodness. points. 31-10. New England loses to the Packers. <laughs> Sunday night football. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. This game will be played in Tampa. I know that there was a scare of Hurricane Ian. Uh, and again, we wish everyone who is in the Florida area uh, safe and hope in our thoughts and prayers to everyone who was affected by Hurricane Ian. Um, but this game will be played in Tampa Bay. Uh, prime time matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. This game is split right down the middle. It is even. The over-under is 46 points in this game. Uh, are you taking the over here? You think there's going to be a lot of points or you think uh, you think some defenses show up? I think that's a good number. I think it's. I think both defenses are really good. Uh, we saw what the Packers and Bucks did. Um, seeing what the Chiefs and Colts did. Like I, I think the I think defense is going to be key. Buccaneers are at home. That defense will be riled up. Um, I, I like the number. Okay, uh, it's, it's probably right around there somewhere. The, these two these two teams are ranked second and third in Super Bowl odds. So we really we realistically could see this game twice this season at once now and then possibly a Super Bowl rematch here at the end of the year. Um, but the chiefs, well, they've been very good. Uh, they've been finding ways to win. They've been a very good team, uh, getting everyone involved. Uh, Patrick Holmes has eight passing touchdowns to six different players this season. He's been finding everyone. He's been spreading the ball out. It's a well-rounded offense for the chiefs on the Bucks side though, battered bruised obviously no chris godwin they will get mike evans back in this game maybe no julio jones uh julio's playing man is he yeah are you, you sure? keep doing it yeah you keep you said you're not gonna believe it anyway till sunday but yeah he practiced again he got in he's back at practice he's so, he's the, so there's a report saying he is in on sunday Oh my god. Okay, then I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it until well, I then, get through it. Then you say you then you can't do the pessimistic side of it. You can't say he's out. Possibly no Julio. No. Like I said possibly no. I didn't even say he was out. I said possibly no Julio Jones. Possibly no Mike Evans. Well, that's not factual. Uh but it is. Okay. everything anything is possible. Anything is possible. Okay. Don't All disrespect right. Julio like that. He's um, practicing. Julio disrespects Julio at this point. Okay. His Julio's body disrespects Julio. But for, for this game, if even if okay, so Mike Evans, possibly Julio Jones, and Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, this offense here. What I feel like they haven't been world be like a world beater offense. They haven't been putting up as many points as like they used to be, like what we saw last season. What is different about this offense? Is it just is it just straight up that they're not healthy, or is there something going on with this offense that you're seeing that's different than what we saw in the prior years? What a freeze frame. The offensive line is banged up. That's the biggest thing. But I think people, I think we we love to assume things. And we say Buccaneers, we look at one side. We say Buccaneers, offense, good. They got to put up points every week. Are we not going to mention that they've played Dallas, top defense, Green Bay, top defense, Saints, one of the better defenses in football. That's 
three of the better defenses in football that they've had to go against. So give some credit to those defenses to come in against a banged up offense and produce. I don't think it's really has anything to do with Tampa's offense. I think they're fine. I think it's about the interior offensive line, obviously being banged up and then some weapons being out, but they've played three really good defenses. Um, now, number four, they've had a tough schedule to start the season. Like let's, let, you're going to be hard pressed to find a tougher schedule than Dallas on the road, Green Bay, Kansas City, and the Saints on the road, who is a division rival who we know always gives uh, Tampa Bay fits. That's a tough four-game stretch. Things will get easier for them as they go throughout the season. There are going to be games, you know, they get the Falcons next week, then the Steelers, <laughs> and the Panthers. So they get a nice little stretch of some winnable games where they, that offense can get clicking. So um, I'm not worried about Tampa. I told you this. They just need, they're going to, they're one of those teams you just coast. You just you just you just coast. Well, one of the teams that you know that they're going to be in the playoffs. It's just once the playoffs are, that's yeah. that's what it matters. Uh, to give some stats to the, the bad offense or not bad offense to the um, sh- struggling offense to put up points. Tom Brady has his fewest passing touchdowns and his worst passer rating through three games uh, since 2014. So it's not been a hot start for uh, the ageless wonder of Tom Brady on the Chiefs side. Again, they have been very good as well. Uh, or they have been very good. This offense not allowing sacks, the ha- averaging the the highest pressure rate in the league, though, or the fifth highest pressure rate in the league, only allowing two sacks. Though Patrick Mahomes is finding ways to make things happen. Uh, is this is this the first real test of a pass rush that Patrick Mahomes is going to see? Although he did play Joey Bosa and and, and Khalil Mack, I guess I can't. Yeah, can't, no, can't ask uh, that question. Can, can... <laughs> Um, no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think that he's played the Chargers. I think have a better pass rush. Um, the Colts actually have a really good pass rush. But uh, I want to go back to something you said. You said this is the worst Tom Brady's played to start a season since 2014. Yeah. Phew. They won the Super Bowl in 2014, so hopefully. Oh, uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The goat. Hey, if the goat is bad and wins the Super Bowl, that, I want to. I want to ask you. Can, I need you to make me a Patrick Mahomes one. Like that's my man crush. I don't have any Patrick Mahomes ones. I'm gonna okay, need. I'll, you I'll make you a Patrick. Mahomes. Let's, pick, let's pick the game. Let's pick. The let's game. pick the game. Who you got? I'm taking the Chiefs, man. I'm taking Chiefs every week just because I want to. Uh, I'll take Kansas City in this one. I think Kansas City wins 27-21. Uh, I will go with I'll go I'll go with the Chiefs here. Uh, give me the Chiefs 33 to 30. Wow, high school. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of points here in this game. I think Patrick Mahomes uh does what Patrick Mahomes does best and uh and and just he this just Chiefs offense something something about the Chiefs offense is is different this year I think and I think they're uh, even better than what they have been in the past. Um, but yeah, give me the Chiefs here, thirty three to thirty. Last game on our list once it wants to load up in the Streamyard doc because it's loading. It's taking some time. The Los Angeles Rams taking on the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night football. The Niners are one and a half point favorites in this game with an over under 42 and a half points. Jimmy G leading the San Francisco 49ers offense nowadays and the Rams figuring out how to win football games. Um, Another team possibly not living up to expectations. What are you looking for most in this game? 
can the Rams overcome the 49ers dominance of them over the past few seasons? Um, I know that the Rams beat them to get to the Super Bowl last year. That's all great and good, but Niners could have won that game easily too. The guy could catch an interception game might've been over and the Niners might've won. So um, the one thing that they've been able to do against the Rams out physical them. And which is hard to say when you got Ramsey, who's a physical corner, Aaron Donald, who's probably the man you just don't want to mess with in the NFL, arguably the best player in the league. Uh, but the 49ers have found a way to do it. And I don't know that that changes. Now that Jimmy Garoppolo's under center, I think that's what they want to continue to do is be physical on the offensive line. The one thing that's going to hurt them is that Trent Williams not being there is a factor for the 49ers. And they're going to have to find ways to scheme around that and maybe give some help on the on the the backside there for protection. But I think the 49ers are physical. I think they their defense is solid. The Rams have not played well offensively, and they've turned the football over. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring physical game, in my opinion. Who's going to be more physical is going to be the winner. Yeah, I think that this is it comes down to exactly that. We've seen we've seen some low scoring battles between these teams, these two teams before. And I think the the struggles that the Rams have had with the 49ers in the past, although be it they've won the NFC championship game against them, uh it has not been it has not been great. Uh the 49ers since 2019, the 49ers have been very good against the their six the 49ers are six and zero against the Rams in regular season games since 2019. That's the stat. That is that. That is the stat. Um, Rams here need to figure out this offense. Need to get more people involved. That's what. That's what I think needs to happen. We need to start seeing Allen Robinson step up more. We need to start seeing work uh, from Cam Akers. Give me the Niners here in this game. Twenty-three, twenty-one. So. <clears throat> I want you to repeat something when you say Allen Robinson needs to what? I didn't hear Step it. up. Oh. They need to give Allen Robinson the ball. Oh, you mean Allen Robinson? You mean the guy that dropped the touchdown? You mean the guy that you praise all off season, how he's going to be a difference maker and blah, Correct. blah, blah. And how I Correct. said, what has Allen Robinson really done in his career? If you really look at his numbers, despite not having a quarterback and now he has a Super Bowl winning quarterback and he's still doing nothing. Oh, you mean that guy? You mean the guy I listened to you about in the season. The only thing I ever listened to Vince Shame on you. football Shame and I drafted Allen Robinson in fantasy. You should have listened and, to my J- James Robinson take and not and not. No, Allen. I shouldn't. I, I should listen to myself Wrong Robinson. And just go with my gut. Yeah, Shane. Well, there you go. There's your yeah. mess up. Don't yeah. blame me Listening for your mistakes. Vincent Milani, yeah. Don't blame me for your mistakes. Allen Robinson most most talented players in the league. You never had a quarterback. Give him a quarterback. You're going to get all the passes. He ain't get nothing. He ain't get nothing. not over yet. He's not over yet. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll trade them to you right now. What do you, you want them? Yeah, I'll take them. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll trade them to you right now. I'll send them in. Send it. Send yeah. it. Okay. Send it. Right. Let's go. All right. Well, all right. Send Anyways, it. Anyways, uh, I'll take I am I am going to take the uh oh God. This is so ugly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I plead the fifth. Um I think this is so, gonna be exactly like our all of our other primetime games. It's ugly. I'm gonna it's I'm gonna take I'm game. gonna take I'm gonna take the Rams in this one. I'm I'm buying in one more time. I think the loss of Trent Williams is going to be the deciding factor. I think the Mm. the pressure on Jimmy G is going to be enough that the Rams or defense is going to step up. I will take the Rams in this one, 20 to 17. 
Now, you don't get to change your pick now because I brought up Trent Williams. And no, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm no. sticking with it because I don't care. We got to end the show. That does it, though, for our Friday week four game previews. We'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, on YouTube for or 11 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube for our pigskins and pancakes. Our well, well wait, 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 wait. It'll be it'll be aired at 11 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube at the Saxon no. Pod. On, no. no, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say that because I want to be live. It might be earlier than 11 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube for pigskins and pancakes. Just, 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 we will be live sometime on Sunday before the football game starts for some fantasy stuff. How about there, that? There you go. That, there you have it. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms at the Sac City Pod. For my best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. You made it this far, so you must have liked that show. If you did, go ahead and think of two people you can share this episode with. We can never have too many people in the city. So don't forget to hit that follow button. Sac City. Population. One more.